Welcome to Gone to Texas, a podcast about AMC's Preacher. My name is Alex, and I have not read any of Ennis and Dylan's Preacher. And my name is Nick, and I have read all of Ennis and Dylan's Preacher. Today we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 5 of the AMC series, titled Bleak City. While we will not be spoiling any of the comic, and by extension any future plotlines of the show, we will be discussing the details of the series through Season 4, Episode 5. So pause this and go catch up before you listen to the rest of the episode. You can find more episodes of our podcast at g2tpodcast.com. We're also g2tpodcast on Twitter, and you can send feedback to g2tpodcast at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our podcast and share your thoughts on AMC's Preacher so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, anything regarding Preacher or our podcast. And finally, if you enjoy this show or any other show on the Midwest Podcast Network, please consider heading over to mpn.bz slash Patreon and pledge as little as a dollar a month to making our network even better. Special thanks to Jason K and Gojo, who have pledged at the level of $10 $10 per month. But I just will say, a dollar a month might not be much to you guys. That's $12 a year. But to us, a dollar a month can mean a lot. Uh, it means that there's another person out there listening that thinks the hours that we put into making these things uh, matters to you, and that's a wonderful feeling. So it's please true. consider, if if everybody listening to this gave us a dollar a month, we'd be having hundreds of dollars a month. Maybe a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. But that's a hundred dollars more a month than we currently make. Which is actually a big deal because you pay... <laughs> to host everything <laughs> yes we are just about almost in the black on a monthly basis minus all of the red tape that came before <laughs> yeah the six or so years of out of pocket straight up out of pocket expense and, yes uh, yeah but yeah no that's okay it was it was a startup cost and i'm okay with that but it'd be nice to know you're out there and it would be great to receive the 70 cents or whatever patreon would actually give us of your dollar so Please consider. So you have to do the math then. Whatever you have to pledge to get us exactly a dollar a month. <laughs> a dollar and thirty thirty eight cents or whatever the <laughs> hell it is. All right. Uh so we did get some emails. We got an email, I think it's the first email this season from our buddy Mark. Mark wrote in to us to say some words that I'm currently pulling up Good. on my email. Is that electronic mail? Yes. Wow. Mark's electronic mail says, Hi guys, I had a few comments about this last episode and your discussion. Yeah, the show seems a bit on autopilot, but we, and he says in parentheses, my wife, daughter, and myself are still enjoying it. Awesome. I do think that this was the best episode of the season so far. Speaking of episode four, I believe. Yes. Um, yep. And that it felt the most preacher-like. Like Nick, I thought the Jesse slash Steve in the Raft storyline worked really well. All three of us let loose a collective what the fuck when Steve pulled his arm out of the water and found his hand missing. For me, though, the Tulip and Jesus storyline was even better. I thought the chemistry between Ruth Nega and Tyson Ritter was perfect. Ritter as actual Jesus works really works. Uh, Ritter as actual Jesus really works for me. Your extended discussion on Ritter as Jesus reminded me that he's in another AMC show at the moment, Lodge Forty Nine. It is not genre in any way, shape, or form, but it's got a really quirky, easygoing vibe to it with some interesting characters, including the one that Ritter plays. I also wanted to comment on the end 
uh, bit where the saint of all killers shoots his way through the core of the earth. As ridiculous as it was, I completely understand your problems with it. And I completely understand your problems with it. We all laughed at the sheer audacity of it. I have no idea since uh, I have no idea how the preacher comics end, and I'm not going to read any more of the books until the show is over. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how the show is going to wrap up. Since I do intend to finish the books, I'll join in with the others and hope that you turn this podcast into one about the books. Keep keep up the good work. That's from Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, for Mark. The kind words. Good to hear <clears throat> from you. Absolutely. Um. I've been curious about Lodge Forty Nine. That's the one that stars uh, Wyatt Russell. Yeah, I just son of I Kurt. just pulled it up because I it, the name sounded familiar, and it was the uh, it was the show that I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the trailers I, for it were intriguing to me. Uh, yeah, I don't remember seeing a whole lot uh, from it. I saw maybe like some of the first ads when watching either Preacher or yeah. Better Call Saul or something like that, and uh, it seemed intriguing. But I I know nothing about it, so that might be a great great way to go into it i would like to give it a try at some point but uh it's cool that tyson ritter's over there you right know? um he did a great job on parenthood i probably said that previously but he he basically plays a stand-in for he plays the the front man of a band that's being recorded at the recording studio that dax shepherd and peter krause's character own okay in parenthood and uh, so he kind of plays a fictionalized version of himself in the All-American Rejects. And, and it's fun. He funny. pokes a lot of fun at himself with it. And I think they have a good time. Um, but no, I think he's great. And uh, I think he makes a good Jesus. So He does. If, if not necessarily someone you would look at and be like, hey, that's Jesus. I think he fills the role pretty well. So. Uh, but yeah. No, and and the Saint of All Killers, you know, him shooting through the earth. There, I think Bruce brought up the idea that he made the uh, elevator from uh, Total Recall yeah. was was one of the ideas. Yeah, it. I I can't say that it's like so outlandish that it wouldn't work. It's just that the. I don't know. I just thought it was dumb. <laughs> yeah, it. You don't need to justify don't, yeah, not we, liking it. No. But that's fair. Uh, we did have some more comments in our Discord, uh, some of which were from our friend Joseph. Joseph came in. He said he had the good, the bad, and some random notes. Uh, this is all about this coming week. Um, so I might come back to that a little bit later. And then Bruce also brought us some thoughts as well. But uh, once again, if you give us the five bucks on uh, on the Patreon, come join us in the... Yeah, you can get right to that stuff yourself. Oh, yeah. And participate. Yes, absolutely. And it's awesome. So we'll come back to those at the end of the show. Um, so episode five, this is the first time that I saw the previously on in the digital version of the show. Yeah, same. So I don't know if they've done that for all of the other episodes. I feel like that's usually a thing that, that AMC does, but this is the first time that they actually like felt a need to keep it in that copy that they put up. Mm-hmm. So... I thought that was kind of interesting, but a little bit weird. Um, But yeah, so the teaser. We open on the saint having decimated the Australian Tourism Center, and we see Eugene praying over the bodies of those who lost their lives. The saint sits in the room waiting to hear Jesse use the word. Jesse's at a car rental attempting to make his way to the lost apostle when the stuttering clerk named Jackson receives a wanted notice for Jesse as he tries to rent the car out to him. 
Jesse manages to convince Jackson to give him uh, give him a car of his own free will and uses the word to erase his stutter, which unintentionally provides the saint with Jesse's location. As Jesse makes his way out of the parking garage, he gets stopped at the exit where he and Eugene recognize each other. As the saint kills Jackson and steps outside, Eugene tells Jesse to go, and the saint loses his bead on Jesse as Jesse rounds the corner to flee. Um... More Saint and Eugene. Yes. Starting off starting off there. Um the I thought the slideshow of the Australian tourism uh center was pretty funny. I liked it a lot. Uh with the 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 rugby interspersed throughout of the beautiful <laughs> scenes of Australia. It um, was very Monty Python esque to me for some reason. Yeah, I get that. I'm, I was a little surprised that it didn't include more shots of like all of the things that would kill you in Australia because I feel like that's kind of the American go-to of like I guess that's my go-to is like the spiders that are as large as your head and yeah, that's probably not what the Australian things. tourism would want to. No, so you know the fact that they actually filmed in Australia, maybe they <laughs> they they, they, it was just, funny. they took a more tactful approach to it. Uh, but no, that was good. Um, and the idea of like the saint being this bringer of death while also having Eugene with him to kind of like try to balance the scale. Yeah. Balance the scale or, or, you know, just give the pray for the dead and, and kind of like absolve their sins and, and th- not necessarily absolve their sins. Cause it's not like he has the power to do that, but just to kind of, yeah, balance it out, I think is an interesting duality, if not kind of a why (laughs) yeah a bit of bit of both of that (laughs) but and 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 so we previously talked about how we don't really know why the saint wants jesse and we still don't really know that but at least i think we saw a little bit of strategy behind him with keeping eugene and that he knew that jesse would come back for eugene yeah so yeah that's true and that's something that i think comes across in the book too that the saint is not stupid yeah Although he has like this lumbering, unstoppable blunt force. tool, yeah, he's not dumb. So yeah, that that is true. So th- that yeah, I think that kind of at least adds a little more context to them being together and why they would put them together. But I think even by the end of this episode, we're still like, what's up with the Saint Jesse? Yeah. So it's true. I did think for a second when we were getting the the cuts around like all the bodies strewn everywhere, I was thinking this is as close to that ship scenes <laughs> i'm ship. gonna get <laughs> yeah. yeah we did just before we started recording bruce did chime in and the no spoilers to say also wanted to say that i've read the comics more than once and this supposedly important <laughs> panel of the saint on a boat hasn't stuck with me at all lol yeah, i never said it was important that's and that, I, I replied back <laughs> i said i don't think it's quote-unquote important per se just one that nick loves and then i post you did give me the, you sent the pictures of it to yeah, me last yeah. week so i posted it in the yeah i love it and i just Discord. think it's really effective i think it does a lot with literally two pages and it's uh, yeah it's fantastic but whatever, it's neither here nor there. Well, and the thing is, like, even looking at these pages, I can see it in film form. Right. Of, like, oh, yeah. Even if you, like, start at the wheel with the dude tied to the mast and you just start to draw yeah. out of the boat. like If you it, read it in, like, a guided view, it's, it's like, watching, yeah. Yeah. Like, a, like storyboarding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, I you know, it, it would have been cool. Yeah. But... That's the the byline for this show, <laughs> <laughs> for for this season anyway. Ouch. Uh, yeah. 
there's um, anything wrong with that. It's a good. I, I texted Alex before we can record. I was like, I liked this one. I did. Yep. I did like this episode. This is probably my favorite episode of this season. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe. I don't know. I did kind of like the first two. I don't know. It's already receded into the yeah into the crypt. Yeah, we'll reflect on the season later. For sure. I suppose. Uh, I really love that Jesse apparently used his actual ID and credit card. Yeah. Somehow he has those still. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's had them with them with him all this time. Right. And they're still there. And yeah, it, that part's really fun. Like there are several times in this show where I think like how did they have the money to do this? But then I think you see Jesse using the word to do whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like he told the drop ship that flew, uh, tulips car over to the middle East. Like, Hey, we're bringing our car and and it was fine. So you can explain all of that away. But then when it comes down to like, Oh, he consciously doesn't want to use the word and has to rely on. Exactly. The mechanics think, of everyday life. I think not only is it a, is it a funny little little detail that he like has it there and it pulls up Jesse's face and everything, but it's important to note that I think he's he's weighing the consequences of using the word more now after his whole experience with the pilot and the raft. He's certainly thinking about it more. Yes, you know, it's not wielding it so willy nilly, which is which is pretty representative of the comics. Like he does, he does really start to think more carefully about exactly how he's going to use it and when he's going to use it, if at all. Well, and my whole thing last week was, did he learn his lesson? I think this <laughs> is this is some proof that he's learned something. And there are actually a lot of times in the books where, as the reader, you're like, dude, just use the word, man. Like, if I had that shit, I'd solve this problem right now with yeah. just an utterance. And he doesn't, I think, for a lot of reasons, but I think also he likes to make people actually earn whatever they're whatever they've got coming to them good or bad yeah he doesn't really i mean he does use the word a fair amount but it's not he kind of uses it like a weapon really like you don't use it unless you have to and he is already so considerably handy himself in just about every situation that he doesn't have to use it that often so we see him in this scene use the word to try and erase this guy's stutter mm-hmm. Joseph had a point. He was like, I wonder if the car rental guy was able to speak after Jesse told him to stop stuttering. It does sound like he says, thank you. There yeah, are, I think he does. There are, uh, um, uh, the captions say that he says, thank you. Mm-hmm. It's very quick. But are there instances in the comic of Jesse using the word as like a reward or to help somebody in that way? Uh, I wouldn't say reward, but he does use it to help some people. Okay. He uses it to right a wrong big time. Interesting. Uh, at one point, and he, and even when we see him in the show, though, trying to use it as as a good thing, like the pilot when he's like feel no pain, it he, ends up costing him his arm and probably ultimately his life. <laughs> but yeah. It uh, so I think he almost well, has and, a look in on the his first episode of the show. I think he tells the guy to show his his mother his heart. Yeah, that's and right. he literally goes there and opens his chest in his front of his mom. Yeah. You know, uh, he has good intentions with it, but does it really? And he, I think there's a look in his eye as he's about to exit. He's like, a, there's like a pause, like he's almost weighing, should I, should I or not? And he's kind of thinking about exactly what he can say. And what does he say? He doesn't say stop stuttering. He says your stutter is gone, right? Uh, I'm going to look it up right now because I think he says, actually, I should probably have it written down here. I thought it was more of a. He said, "You don't stutter." You don't stutter. Okay. Were the words that he that he used with the word? 
which I think is in, is very deliberate word phrasing. Choice. Yeah. yeah. So it's not you can't talk or you stop stuttering. Yeah, the stop stuttering doesn't mean he literally can't speak. Right. You know that type just, of thing. It's just more like a command. You don't stutter. Because it is a psychological thing, even you know, like. <clears throat> yeah, I guess it's from, if, from, if you believe you don't stutter, then you don't stutter. Yeah. So. And and it got worse as the man saw the wanted thing, you know, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, so like it is nervous. like a nervous kind of. Yeah. So yeah, not that we know literally anything about the mechanics of what causes stuttering <laughs> in people, but no, th- this podcast is just really well edited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know all of the stuttering that I have. I don't know why it's caused, <laughs> but it happens. I think you're just your mind works so much faster than your mouth. You're just already on. That's a very generous. You're on uh, to the next <laughs> sentence and thought. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. I, I liked that he did something nice with it, though. Yes. I li- it, it, he's becoming more godlike with it in terms of he's trying to only do nice things, and the, even the way again that what, what does he say? You don't stutter. Yeah. It, it's 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 sort of it felt sort of godlike to me, like the mm-hmm. the phrasing and and the the power of the command. Just felt more like something you'd read in like a in like a scripture or something, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, and and the fact that it was something that felt more carefully considered, as you said, rather than most of these times, it feels like it's either something that he's angrily commanding or um, very hurry, hurriedly like trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was good. Um, the other thing that i want to note here that's going to come up in a second too is that we, as jesse pulls out of the garage we see this gar- uh, garbage truck speed by and it happens to him again at like an open crossroads in yeah. the next scene um personally i felt like that was a little bit of god intervention oh 100 yeah so like especially the way that they frame both of those moments mm-hmm. it, it's like oh this comes out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Yep. it causes jesse to see eugene or th- go back for Eugene in the second case. So that that it's like I'm looking for these moments that they're kind of presenting as outrageous. Um, it's clever because the garbage truck one is initially fine. Like that happened and I was like, okay. And then the second one is literally out of nowhere. Like he checks the intersection and there's nothing there. And, then it, <laughs> and at that point I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. A little on the well, nose with that one. But what was really cool about it is that I feel like the language of the shot, like the very clearly the mise-en-scene of that moment mm-hmm. communicated that to you on top of the fact that it was a clear open intersection, yeah. no buildings anywhere. He would see this gigantic car coming. Just barreling down the road. Yeah. yeah. It was It was cool that that the way that they framed it was very much indicative of that similar moment earlier mm-hmm. in the episode. Yeah. So I really uh, liked the split screen moment with him in the saint. Yes. Yes. That was really cool. Yeah. And, it, and I feel like, um, it's weird to me that it took to now, I, I guess maybe I don't, I can't necessarily remember in season two and three, if we ever got any real confirmation of it, but, it's weird to me that it took till now for someone on screen to acknowledge the fact that the saint hears Jesse use the word. Because mm. that was something that we theorized as to how it was happening, I think, due to some of the events in season two. Yeah. But the fact that last episode, I think, Eugene, or maybe it was two episodes ago, I don't necessarily remember, but Eugene was, Eugene actually commented on it. It's weird to me that they maybe they felt the need to explicitly state it. Yeah, maybe. 
but um but to actually see it in effect i think was also yeah it was cool. cool this episode felt to me like the first real time this season that somebody showed up to direct this shit mm. and be like hey let's make this cool except you know what i take that back because the fight the fight scene in in jesus Desad's place was was clearly very carefully considered yes so i i, I take that back but a, as a whole yeah the episode felt a little more handcrafted the way that i expected from this show like we were talking about earlier this season that some of the previous seasons felt a little bit they were handled with a little more care and a little more thought was put into the the way everything was shot um and this this really felt a lot more like that to me do you feel like episodes one through four were maybe the like course correction and we need to set things up for the end of the series like like the maybe it was it was just them trying to manipulate things into place to put all the chess pieces in the right spots and get to the finale that they want to get to. Yeah, that could be. I think that there there were still plenty of opportunities to make some more cinematic moments, which is a phrase I'm sure that I'll overuse in this episode. But it's not that they weren't there. There were plenty of really striking shots, but they just didn't feel the same as like, especially seasons one and two seem to have these moments where you would just, I would just want to pause it and just look at the screen and be like, that is nice. Like yeah. I, I really like the way that's all laid out and, and, and blocked and executed. And uh, this season just hasn't really had too many of those moments for me. It feels like the content is there. Like there's still lots of good stuff, but it, it just feels kind of like they were just more worried about what was on the page rather than what was on the screen. Like mm. we just gotta, we gotta get through this and maybe the back half of the season will have a lot more visual uh, consideration. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just, I liked it. And it was nice to feel like I was watching Preacher again. It's kind of how I felt. No, I think that's very fair. I think that's But the, the split screen is just a simple thing that right away I was like, oh, I feel like I haven't seen something like this in a minute that made me kind of go like, oh, cool. I feel like I'm watching a movie. Yeah. Not a TV show. Yeah. Not, no slight against TV, but I think we can all agree in the last decade, 15 years, uh, TV has elevated to the same level, if not a little bit, in instances beyond movies. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when shows I know are capable of, of rising to that level, when they don't, I'm kind of like, all right, that's fine, but let's, you know, let's, You let's know do you're better. not like at the, at the strong point of, of, like, you know that the crest of the show. Yeah. And I know that obviously it's scheduling and and all that in TV is, is very different. Like they're oftentimes just struggling to play catch up and to stay on schedule because it's so much content. Yeah. The interesting thing that I'll say is that it looks like looking on Wikipedia episodes one and two were directed by John Grillo. Episodes three and four were directed by Kevin hooks. And then episode three or episode five, excuse me, was directed by Jonathan Watson. So, and they don't have directors listed for the rest of the episodes. So I think that's been Uh. something that's been coming out. Uh, over time but like the idea that and and honestly now that i'm looking at this maybe this has something to do with like the weird out of time Mm. feeling that i'm having is like maybe these two directors were given these two episodes to shoot and they shot things the way that they needed to and then in the editing room things became apparent that they wanted to try to maybe hide some stuff or hold Mm, this for there and move things around a little bit to try and spruce up some of the storytelling and clearly for me it didn't really work but tv is interesting like that too how they'll bring in directors that i've that 
I would think they hire them because they have a style and a sensibility that they like, but they have to conform to the showrunner and to the to the greater show. Yeah. And some directors are probably not as successful as that as others. I'm thinking episodes three and four I liked better than one and two, but there were things in one and two that I did like. But overall, those were the ones, especially where it, like <laughs> when uh, the story was just dumb. Like Cassidy, <laughs> yes. as as Cassidy calls attention to in this episode, he's basically like, "That was stupid. that was dumb of yeah, me." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and we're like, "Great! I'm glad we spent four episodes of Cassidy just getting his dick repeatedly trimmed for for a joke. For a, yeah, for uh, as you said last week, for a for a circumcision joke. Yes, for a foreskin joke. That's what you said. You know the classic reaching the bin of foreskin jokes. What do we got? Yes. Oh, just this. Yeah. Uh, n- Notable here that uh, John Grillo did do some episodes of Preacher last season, and he was also in the uh, additional cinematography or additional photographer of Westworld for several episodes. Mm. So little little crossover there. Yeah, it's a it's a fickle gig being in TV like that. Some some people they just they kill it and they're awesome and you, and when I see a certain TV directors' names attached to things I'm like oh cool well and the preacher let me say here the only director credits he has on IMDb are preacher it's three episodes of preacher one from last season and then one and two from this season so yeah. people have to start somewhere right yeah that's you know? interesting that they he if he was like a second unit director or something on preacher that they would be like okay you seem good enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> do these. Well, and yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I don't even necessarily see him there. He did. He was a. He was a cinematographer for nineteen episodes of Preacher, director of photography. Oh, so he's a DP turning director. Yes. So interesting. Yeah, that uh, that transition doesn't always work for people. Wally Fister. <laughs> that list can stop there, <laughs> and it's fine. Looks like he also DP'd several episodes of Westworld season three, as well as Westworld season two. You know they're very different, and he's skills. also doing the Snowpiercer TV series as DP. So, yeah. Um. Well, all right. Yeah, we'll see more of John Did Grillo he shoot in the future. Those episodes of Preacher also. Was he the director and DP? Uh, no, no. Interesting. No. So he was DP for a few episodes in season three, and then directed one of the episodes of season three, and then it looks like he hasn't DP'd for any of season four yet. So. Hmm. Anyway, lots of Interesting. director talk. Is this an episode of director talk? <laughs> I think it is. Uh, anyway. Welcome to director talk. <laughs> so, on to act one. Jesse continues to head out of town but stops at a crossroads where he almost gets hit again. But then uh, when he decides to head back to get Eugene. I forgot to say that uh, I really liked the sequence of Jesse pulling the car out of the garage it was it went on for so long it did and i was like this is a problem i don't know why this is happening (laughs) it's very poorly done if they're trying to ratchet up some tension or something because it was traveling very slowly and then i thought is it for a laugh i i couldn't understand why this was unraveling the way it was but it was making me laugh I, uh, here's what went through my head as I watched it because I was kind of like he gets into the wrong side of the car first which is funny right but then he gets into the other side of the car and then I thought about it and I was like man for Jesse Custer to just come in and, and know how to right side drive like I feel like I would need several weeks of like <laughs> thinking about I've driving actually on asked the right people side of this. the road yeah. they, they say it's actually really you acclimate very quickly okay I think probably because you have to yeah but 
The, I have. I recently asked somebody about this who was in Europe, and I, I was. <laughs> this is how interesting I am. I, it's one of the first things I asked. Like, what's it like driving this? <laughs> yeah, was it hard to get used to? Because I'd imagine the same thing. Yeah, I'd, it's not the driving. It would be the turning. Mm. The turning is what would really screw me up. Because I, I would want to like make this really wide wrong turn onto the wrong side of the road. Yes, but yeah. I guess left turns become easy. Yes, and right turns are more complex. Yeah, which is so weird. <laughs> but. The first thing I thought was like comic Jesse would 100% complain about this. He, <laughs> he would say this is stupid that the wheels on the other side. He would for sure. What a dumb idea. He would say the wheels on the wrong side of the car. He wouldn't say like, oh, it's a different side. He would call it wrong. And he would be like, this is dumb. Well, I, I half expected TV Jesse to kind of snicker at it or like make some other remark like wheels on the wrong side of the car kind of thing. Or just to kind of scoff at it when yeah, he sat exactly. down on the wrong side of the car yeah. at first. The um the other thing, yeah, I have to agree with you. I don't think the um tension really like you know the Saints coming for him, right? But Yeah, I just didn't understand it felt like it it was not either for a laugh or to be tense. It was like this weird middle. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out and it was making me laugh just because it was so bad. Like it like it would have worked just the same if they show him getting into the car, switching seats, and then finally just you know pulling out and and the garbage truck runs by like that that's what it could have been i actually wondered again i was like is this just for episode length are they just like we gotta get this episode 40 seconds longer (laughs) do we have more footage of him driving in the garage just pad this scene out i think it was a missed attempt at trying i think what would have been cooler now that you bring up the split screen Yes. What yep. if they did a split screen as the saint is making his way? That would have been really awesome. That would have been great. So it would have tipped. I mean, we knew he was coming. So yeah. at the same time, it's not, you know. But that would have been so much cooler. But oh, yeah, I never seeing, even thought of that. Seeing no, the intersection there, like even if they split it the they split it lengthwise so that you have like a horizontal yeah. of Jesse driving through, and and then you see the saint like walking along the street to get to the. You that know. would have been really cool. Yeah. Oh well. So, oh well. AMC, let us know when you want to adapt Preacher again. Yeah, this has been an episode of Direct Talk. (laughs) (laughs) Talking how we would direct. Back to Act 1. Tulip and Jesus arrive at the Holy Bar and Grail Motel to find Cassidy there, now blonde, and drinking at the bar. Tulip and Cass catch up, being very sweet with each other until he confesses he told Jesse they slept together, and Tulip punches him. Meanwhile, Jesus plays Asteroids. Cass's angel friend requests a shower shit and a shave, as well as a phone to call a certain lady. The angel and Jesus seem to recognize each other, but they don't make anything of it. Kamal shares Jesse's news story with, uh, with Tulip. Featherstone offers her life to Star for all of her mistakes, but he gets interrupted before he gets to take it from her. Star learns Jesus has escaped on top of Tulip, Cassidy, and the angel. He hands the gun to Hoover, too, to kill Featherstone, but Featherstone leaps out of the window and escapes with her wingsuit. (laughs) Star heads down to the squash court to beat Hitler for disobeying orders, but he asks what Hitler thinks of Humperdoo, and Hitler clearly lies, and when Star leaves, he grows angrier. We already talked about Jesse stopping at the crossroads. Um, It's funny because with with the, the trucks thing, I just had the note that says, God likes using trucks. And I was picturing God with his toy trucks. Like, you mm. know, he had all the models and stuff. Yeah. Just being like, Plum. yeah, it'd be interesting to go back to see if there was a garbage truck there. Like, I feel like there could have yeah, been. And yeah. And what other stuff might be there. Yeah. A shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, or the lifeboat or something like yeah. that. Australia. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, Cassidy's hair. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it because the show's not making a big deal out of it. I think there's something more to it. Okay. Uh, I, after you kind of, I didn't initially didn't think so. I was like, well, and now that the show has just breezed by it, I'm like, okay, wait, what? I mean, there has to be people. Don't it seems like suddenly... something they would cut back to, right? Yes. At this point, there, the I, way that they've been weird about it this season. I'm betting something happened, and we're not going to get to see it until it becomes relevant. Mm-hmm. Like That's he, fair. I don't know if he's a vampire anymore. Like I'm, uh, I'm wondering if like if the angel did something to him to purify him or something. This is not coming. Purified him this in is the not, waters of Lake Minnetonka. Like, yeah, they visited Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> clearly, this is not coming from comic book world by the yeah, way this, this is, is pure, this is nick this is TV. show watcher conjecture yes is this an episode of show watcher conjecture <laughs> i believe it is all right um yeah no i i but part of me thinks bruce is right because i asked in the in the discord uh as i was watching the second time around um or i thought i asked about it i don't know i know i talked about it a little bit last week but um yeah, so I said, anyone think they'll come back around to Cassidy's blonde hair, specifically how it came to be? And then Bruce responded back and said, I'm wondering if Joe just randomly changed his hair between shooting days and they had to roll with it. You Which know, I, also wondered, seems potentially I wondered if that true. was for a roll, maybe, <laughs> or something. It looks like his haircut is something that he's wearing in a different show that I should know, because I was literally just looking at the IMDb page for it. Um, going to Joe Gilgan's page here. It's called Brassic. It's a new Sky TV series that's airing in the UK. Um, he's got that short, like, I want to call it a bowl cut, but mm, but it's not blonde. Uh, yeah, it's not blonde though. That's the weird thing. It's like why why did it become blonde? I wonder if we'll come back around to it. We'll see. Like it, it it's played for a joke a little bit, and he just says. Like Tulip says, what happened to your hair? And he just says, oh, hurtful. Hurtful, yeah. yeah. So, you know. Yeah, and she, because he plays it for a laugh, because Cass does, Tulip does too, because she's like, ah, Cass. Like she probably figures he just went and dyed it for fun. And uh, I think there's more to it than that. Yeah, like to I mean, her. It's like, it's like the same hue as like the angel's hair. Yes, but also the thing is like they catch up and he's like they catch up with each other about what happened in the rest of season three. Like. Yeah. He's talking about um, He's talking les enfants about, du sang, yep. you know, les enfants, uh, les incompetents, <laughs> and uh, she's talking about the um, what did what did she have? To, or he he comments about how it's not oh it's nothing compared to yeah I don't remember either. Uh, kill she killed a whole bunch of people or something. I don't remember now. I might have it on here. No, I don't. I didn't bother to. to but yeah, so they're, they're catching each other up. They on catch each other up on events. stuff that happened in season season three. So so like for all she knows, his hair's been blonde for. That's true. A long time, but to well, no, us, she saw him in Masada. They saw each other. That's in true. The elevator. Yeah, you're right. So forget what I just said. I almost forgot that. <laughs> to be honest with you. No. Yeah. No. You're the right. Fever dream of Masada. So yeah, that's that's pretty strange to me, but. Maybe we'll come back around to it. it like, it, it, I feel like it's something that'll be an opening credits. Like, it'll be the teaser in a week or two mm. from now. <clears throat> Maybe. Um, so, 
so they see Jesse on the news. Is that right after that? Kamal shows the yeah the the owner of the the motel shows Jesse or shows Je- the news story that they filmed about Jesse to Tulip and Cass, um, and that transitions into Featherstone, um, yeah, in front of Star. I really liked the VO from the news story saying a group of innocent sex tourists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they go out to try to paint Jesse as a vigilante killing sex sexual deviant tourist. Yes. Yeah. No, it it reeks of like the like it's like everybody was hired there to die by the grail, you know, in order to <laughs> <laughs> to just get murdered, but um Yeah, the uh I laughed so hard at the uh the the like maid coming to clean up Jesus' room and yes. she says, "Good morning, Jesus." I like. <laughs> I lost it. This is the literally the first. I think. I think. I guess I can't say literally for sure, but I'm 99 percent sure this is the f- first episode I watched and my wife was in the room. Yeah. Oh my god. Can ma- imagine her confusion at this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming in at this point. No. She she was like, "What is going on?" I feel like I recall you saying there was a particular scene last season where she where she like caught a glimpse of it and probably. was like i don't i think there have been it, there have probably been one or two moments that she has been passing through the room or yeah. has been on the couch on her ipad or something and she just glances up but this episode this was a funny yeah, one. The good, the good one yeah the involvement of jesus is just it really like, raised an eyebrow like yeah. I, I glanced over at one point and she was on her ipad and she was staring at the tv and she looked back at me like with his wide-eyed look and then she just went back to her ipad like just not even gonna <laughs> talk about it but just to let me know that this was strange <laughs> that's funny uh i will i will say just another side note i brought up uh my my boss my boss's boss at work is uh he's diabetic big and boss. so no well yes my big boss at work <laughs> um he's diabetic and and we always talk about like pop and and what pop is good and stuff like that and and he of course also holds diet dr pepper among <laughs> the the best because it, it in in what he said today it tastes more like dr pepper than dr pepper does oh, well that doesn't make any sense <laughs> but I, I i told them today i was like yeah, i don't know if you know anything about the show preacher but and then i told them about the joke of god saying ah yes my greatest creation <laughs> and, and he started laughing he's like that's fantastic so now you've converted him into yeah, watching the show. yeah yeah we'll see yeah start at season one for this joke in season four <laughs> it's worth it yes. you got to see all of it for it to make any sense <laughs> That reminds me, I saw online, uh, oh, it was on Twitter. Somebody tweeted and said they are trying to cut down their coffee intake Mm. uh, or cut it out entirely or something like that. And they said, I need a new hot beverage to substitute it, but I can't drink tea because it apparently causes kidney stones or something like that. There's something about most teas that can, if you're prone to that, like the minerals Uh, can gather up. Okay. So basically anything but coffee or tea help. And I was like, well, well you're just screwed. But a lot of people Hot were- Hot water with a lemon. Yeah. Well, a lot of people were saying, actually, it was very interesting. I, I read a few interesting tips and I was like, some of this sounds pretty good. I kind of want to try it. But one person said hot Dr. Pepper <laughs> and somebody else was like, yeah, like seconded. And somebody posted like an ad from like the 60s or something of like a snowman with like a saucepan heating what up Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Apparently hot Dr. Pepper is a thing. I so we have to prepare some hot Dr. Pepper next week is it what you're saying. It seems like <laughs> if it wasn't the dead of summer here, actually this week has been very nice. That's true. Uh, for the first time in months. Uh, 
a, it seemed kind of like it, it's some kind of cold remedy to not not a remedy but like kind of the way we in michigan use verners yes for stuff okay maybe the rest of the world uses dr pepper <laughs> but i've never had hot verners but i guarantee <laughs> i would love it hot verners is okay you know it's still just as carbonated so it you know you get the fizzy all i'm thinking of right now is putting some like we're gonna have to convene on the next 90 degree day Okay. And put some Dr. Pepper in the back of a car. Because <laughs> I, I can't imagine actually heating up Dr. Pepper in like a microwave you, I mean, or on a stove. No, definitely not the microwave. I think if you heated it like low in like a saucepan, like soup, uh, I could see it being good. Because I mean, it's it Papa's candy, right? It's just yeah. liquid candy. So Warm sugar. Well, yeah, right. It sounds, Warm sugary beverage. It sounds fine. I'll bet if you heated up some Dr. Pepper or some Verner's and just poured that shit over some vanilla ice cream, it would be so <laughs> good. Probably. It would probably be so good. <laughs> Anyway, apparently, if if you, Boston latte, uh, ooh, mm. <laughs> if anybody out there of the three of you that are listening to this <laughs> insane discussion have had or heard of or know someone who has had or know someone who has heard of hot Dr Pepper, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, it does. It, it I probably literally raise an eyebrow, but not like in a sarcastic way, but like in a the rock kind of way, kind of like oh, oh, yeah. Like I thought, intrigued. That sounds kind of good, and I don't even. Lo- I like Dr. Pepper, but it's not It's not like... I just don't drink that much pop. So. I, yeah, Dr. Pepper's not one of my favorites, but... It is definitely the only thing that will do when you're craving one, though. Yeah. It's not like I want a Coke and like, like uh, Pepsi is fine because it's a cola or mm. like some other off-brand cola. But it's like when I want a Verner's, that's all that'll do. When I want a Dr. Pepper, that's all that'll do. Mr. Pibb is very good, though. It is. Mr. Pibb, you know, doesn't have his doctorate, but it's still very good. He is just a mister. Yes. He must own some land or something. <laughs> he got dis... Dis, uh, I wanted to say disbarred, but I don't know what the word is for for the medical. You know, I do know that word, but I can't think of it right now. It's something in that vein. Right Excommunicated. In, right, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> write in with your uh, Verner's heating tips, or whether you know what the term for losing your medical license is, or if you know what Verner's is. Yes. Because I don't know if it's... we. I I feel like we've talked about Verner's for sure. I'm, yeah. If we haven't, what have we been doing? <sighs> yes. Talking about Mr. Pibb and Dr. Pepper too much. Um, Father Stone's wingsuit again, great, dude. It's the exact same shot. And yeah, that is yeah. hilarious. That, and that that was the first thing I was like, this must be the exact same <laughs> dude, shot, and that's so it, good. It killed me. I was laughing so hard. I I love when shows do that, whether for a joke or not. I think it is so funny when they're like. Let's just. Do we have another shot? I'm like, oh, I'm looking. No. What do we do? We just use the same one. No one will notice. Yeah. Or if they had tried to like invert, it would have been really funny. <laughs> just to like make it seem Give like it she's coming bit from more. the <laughs> other side of the screen. It's it's the reason why too many cooks is so funny. Yes. That one sequence with like the Falcon and then like the Pentagon or whatever is so funny because it's just that repeated. Or like in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the shot of Lancelot running. Mm-hmm. It's like it's so jokes like that kill me. I don't know why. I it's know. like the dumb. It's probably the dumbest thing. I I, I totally at. agree. I totally agree. But because it's something that would go over everybody's head. But if you're paying enough attention to it. You're like, that is literally the exact same shit. And it's like the lamest thing. You're like, didn't you have another take? Uh, yeah, it's like they couldn't. Yeah, they didn't. didn't like, there's so, there's so much special effects there. It's like, yeah, they didn't spend the money on it. But also, like. I'm sure that they I had... feel like they could have just dragged her a little <laughs> further on the green screen. Or, like, just. It, it feels like there's so many things they could try just to, like, make They it may a have actually different. shot that. It looks very real. And maybe they only had one take. Maybe they're like, this stunt person is only going to do this wingsuit thing one time. We've only got the one. What do we do? Well, uh, use it again. <laughs> what else are you going to do? 
It's hilarious. Yeah, I that's that very so good. Funny. I mean, the fact that they even bothered to include it was funny. Yeah, she jumped out the window, and we see. I was like, eh, she's fine. And we could, yeah, they could have just looked out the window and showed like her flying, gliding away. But just you know. take that shot and size it down <laughs> yes. to, the, to the window. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just shoot the plate of the window on a green screen and just <laughs> put it in there as the star is staring out at her flying away. Oh my god, <laughs> it was so funny. Um, the only other thing also going on here, I don't know if you have any other thoughts about Star and and Featherstone. Or the cast and, and tulip stuff of this act. No, don't. Think um, so. I don't really understand. Like, I guess Star was called about the fact that Hitler went in to see Humperdoo, um, and we don't really get the indication whether or not it's real Humperdoo. It was real Humperdoo, which was a question we had after yeah, last I week. St- I think we still don't know. We still don't necessarily know. Hitler clearly lies about how majestic he thinks Humperdoo really is. Um. But also to have Star beating on Hitler, I don't know how you, like, if that, what your kind of, like, conception of that was. Because to me, like, the idea that this dude on Earth is going to beat up the dude in charge of hell was really weird to me. Yeah. You know, it didn't, it didn't bother me. Actually, I kind of liked it because I think that one thing that Preacher does a lot, and I'm going to actually bring up this specific point later... Uh, is taking these like larger than it this is a this is a tricky thing to say about hitler about hitler in particular yeah yeah, but like taking these characters that are are, like mythic in our own minds and like reducing them down to humans again that makes sense because hitler obviously committed atrocities Mm -hmm. and was the one of the worst if not the worst person ever but he was a person and the idea that even when he's in charge of hell, he could be beat about by Star is really funny to me. Like I just think that's and the, I guess the fact that Star is, I mean, Star, he's not afraid of Hitler. He's no, not afraid of anybody. That's true. So and it, and we see Hitler get picked on in hell. Was one exactly. Of the things, yeah, right? he's kind so of a pushover. Maybe I've kind of like let that. I haven't thought about that in a little bit, and that's why it felt so weird to me. It here, was also kind of satisfying just to watch somebody slap Hitler around him. True. Like, yeah, it's, even if it's Star. Yeah, and then that. him getting angry about it, too. Yeah, was like, just being bullied. <laughs> all right. Um, but it seems like he could be building to a breaking point of some Yeah, kind. the what thing I means, thought... Who knows? Uh, you know, this is the only time in this show that Hitler has been relevant, and I was like, you could have literally just had when... Uh, um, Frankie Toscani is walking down the hallway and they're like, oh, the emissary from hell is here and Hitler walked by. That could have been the introduction of Hitler in this show and it would have been just as fine Mm. as if he had never been in the show for these past two seasons and it would have worked fine. If not, (laughs) better. If not, better because you would have been like, holy shit, Hitler's in this show and he's not being played for laughs every episode and making me just grind my teeth like, "What what is this? Because I still am failing to see the, what the hell the point of all that was. You're not yeah. going to make Hitler sympathetic. You're not going to make me empathize with Hitler. You're not going to. You're going to do anything to his character. The saint killing the devil has no bearing on anything at this point. That could happen too. True, and, but and and never shown Hitler and just be like, well, who's in charge of hell if the devil's not? And then he shows up in this season. Oh, of course it's Hitler. Yeah. And now put him in the exact same spot with Star beating his ass, and you'd be like, oh, Hitler's a bitch. All right, that's what the show is doing with this. That's with what this that's person. What, yeah, that makes a much clearer thesis, I suppose. Oh well. Yeah. Is this Rather an episode than... of Oh Well? 
<laughs> I gotta stop. Uh, but the, I, yeah, and like two references back to Hitler's like what turned him into Hitler that we saw last season or two seasons ago. Yeah, you know, and I was thinking about that earlier today too, because with with all of the Eugene stuff that we will talk about, I was thinking about. Uh, Eugene when he's in hell. Oh, I was actually more prompted by the gift that I sent you earlier. Eugene on his bike. On his bicycle, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about, I was remembering what hell is, re- like reliving like one of the worst moments or the worst moment of your life. And yeah. Then, and then I started thinking about the Hitler one and I was like, yeah, I still don't uh, know what the hell the point of all that was. Mm. So, whatever. Cool. Yeah. All right. On to act two. As Eugene prays over another corpse, the saint waits to hear Jesse use the word. Jesse uses it at a construction site to take command, so the saint starts heading there. Once inside with Eugene, Jesse hits the saint with a wrecking ball full force. Eugene and Jesse attempt to run for it, but the saint is still hot on their trail. Cassidy is remorseful for the fact that he feels like it's his fault that Jesse is a wanted man. He pledges to go after him when Tulip decides that that's not what she wants to do right now and she offers Cassidy a ride while she and Jesus head to Vegas. Later, a conversation with Jesus reveals most of his quote-unquote powers were indeed just metaphors and while he's in town for a quote-unquote conference, it's not really what he wants to be doing. Um, Jesse luring the saint to the construction site was cool. I and really liked this. Watching it through the, yep. the gate kind of a good way to hide the like we probably don't actually have a wrecking ball here exactly like, or think, the money for anything more than like one bobcat that went by yeah and and i thought it was a great way to do it i actually really liked that yeah. that was the opposite of the parking garage thing i was like <laughs> this is really effective and i remember thinking that at the same time i was like this looks cool this is a clever way to hide exactly what jesse's up to and it's a good way to to work with the budget that you have i don't even know if the fence was real yeah, it might not have I been. I think it was animated. There was a there was a moment later where it looked pretty janky. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I think that they literally just shot Dominic Plastered Cooper. Plastered that on top of yeah, Dominic in, Cooper in on a green screen or something. Yeah. that And that's very interesting. It felt very um, Breaking Bad to me of like, you don't yeah. really know what's going on here and why we're here yet. But as you, the scene goes on, you kind of put learn, it together. Yeah. Yep. And, and I thought that was really cool. I liked that a lot. That's another thing in this episode that stood out. And I was like, okay, this is neat some thought and, and a little more ingenuity with the lack of budget right mm-hmm. so i thought that was pretty good um this is where cassidy admits that he's like what the fuck was i doing in episode one yeah um and we agree and <laughs> <laughs> um but tulip and tulip and jesus i think is the heart of mm. of this this act and and kind of I said last week I'm excited to kind of learn what the show's thesis on Jesus is, and and I the Jesus thesis. Yes, the Jesus thesis. Is this an episode of Jesus <laughs> thesis? <laughs> I hope people, somebody out there's listened to you talking you two to me, or are you talking? Understands the me? joke that yeah. we're making. No, this yeah. is not our joke. <laughs> we 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 are not geniuses. It's all Scott Ackerman and uh, and Adam Scott. It's Adam Scott Ackerman. But um, the idea. And I guess more of this comes later on when they're smoking the joint in the car. But the idea that Jesus is this like rebellious teenager, yeah, who still respects his father. He's like pre-rebellious. He's like the early stages of acting out. Yeah, and he almost does, and then he doesn't. Yep. And it's the I have some thoughts on that too. Later. Yeah. So later. 
And and I really the thing that I kind of respect as someone who uh, maybe once thought of himself as an atheist, but now thinks of himself more as like an agnostic or. You know, that's another conversation for another. As somebody who was once a Christian or a Catholic, rather, and is not really that Catholic anymore, the flat out, like, kind of, yes, we're just going to have this this iteration of Jesus say, oh, that was metaphor. Because that's kind of something, even when I was Catholic, I was of the mind of, like, well, this is all metaphor, right? And who knows? It's like the... but. The I think it's in dogma. I don't want to misappropriate this brilliant piece of writing. But I think it's dogma. Um, when they talk about the loaves and the fish, and Jesus multiplying the loaves and the fish, you know that story. Yeah, that he didn't actually do that. It's just that everybody was really selfish and was keeping it for themselves. And when they mm. saw that people were willing to share what little they had, they suddenly were pulling out like, "Oh, I have a loaf and a fish too." And really, everybody had it all along. It it's just, it just was being communal yeah. and helpful. And so, in a way, Jesus did multiply them by by getting everybody. But he showing everybody not to be assholes, right? But yeah. he didn't literally like m- multiply that makes the sense. bread. And I think it's in dogma. I wish I could remember exactly. Somebody will, I'm sure, point it out in the Discord or an email later. But anyway, I always thought that was really really interesting. And I, it must be dogma because I feel like I saw it at an age, I was probably like 14 or something. When I when you're really starting to like be critical about of, those when things. you're starting to be critical yeah. of everything and starting to w- really wonder like well is that the case or you know is that true or does that make any sense and um, I think it's I don't want to say I think it's funny because I don't but I kind of do when people take the Bible verbatim and yeah like everything in it literally don't acknowledge happened. the yeah don't acknowledge the fact that it could be a metaphor, a fable, or, like, anything of that Or even just of... a game of telephone that's been going on for 2,000 years. Yeah. Like, people can misinterpret things, and people can do Li- a bad... Like, the idea of something being lost in translation, like, this is, like, the worst-case scenario for that. It's, right. like, dead languages and, like... Sure. Who people, even knows? People can't even remember the story that they read on Facebook, which probably wasn't <laughs> even true in the first place. Like we live in the ultimate era of this thing where like, where there's you, even receipts to go back and look at it. But right. Yet this stuff was passed down over thousands of years and is somehow sure. like the letter of the law. Right. Interesting. But that being said, like to have, have Jesus himself kind of acknowledge like, well, you know, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't making water into wine. It was a metaphor like that type of thing. I, I think um, it's weird. It's not really something that I feel like I've encountered. And maybe maybe I am not thinking of other portrayals of Jesus. But honestly, I feel like it happens so rarely. Well, yeah, that's. I think that's valid because usually when there's religious... I feel like when there's religious comedy involved, Jesus is not looped in. Yeah. Usually Jesus is kind of like we don't touch that <laughs> like we'll, yeah. like life of brian we'll we'll talk about the guy who's mistaken for jesus and um uh like in dogma you've got every, pretty much every other religious figure is lampooned but there's not there's not actually jesus there and w- the only on-screen portrayals of jesus i can think of are the ones that are very serious yes like in all in all the the big epics and that kind of thing he's not a character that's really used comedically and i don't think they're necessarily i mean he is obviously being used comedically in the show but they're not like they're also not being disrespectful. No. 
they're trying to just humanize him a little bit. Yeah. And it's really interesting because yes, he does say that what he do he's like yeah, I couldn't I couldn't actually turn water into wine. At the same time he is the son of God and he yeah. says it. He's like yeah, that's my dad. Like <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't he isn't not this like divine being, which is so interesting. I think yeah. that they the way they play with that is it's really It's a funny. very good balance, which is not what I expected out of this show, you know. Yeah, like I said, I was 100% floored by the inclusion of straight up Jesus yeah. and the the fact that he's becoming one of my favorite characters <laughs> is really <laughs> odd <laughs> and yeah. refreshing. Yeah. Again, like there was there was a moment when he was in I know this is jumping ahead, but when he's sitting in the back of the car mm-hmm. and and they're having that really funny high conversation and like again my wife was kind of looking at me like what the f- what, <laughs> what is this what is this is show? Jesus yeah <laughs> you've been talking about this for four seasons <laughs> <laughs> kind of this is what you do on Tuesdays <laughs> <sighs> oh, that's pretty good yeah it's uh yeah it's funny I I would love to talk to this show about more or talk to the show I love to talk to more people I know about the show but I just don't really know that many people. No. in my personal life that are that are watching it or have even read it yeah even my friends that are huge comic book fans there's only a few that i know that have read it and we got to talk to lance i don't know yeah i mean lance true. is a busy man nowadays but we're all busy people well, but it's lance really is also a busy man super busy i mean dave Steele. we don't really see dave Steele that often yeah but you know it's great that he's read it now we just have to get together we have to have just like a preacher summit and just hang out and talk about it maybe good. after you've finished the books yeah we can do that that'll be that'll be the carrot on the <laughs> stick and we'll just go for it the preacher summit yes and uh <laughs> yeah and i think part of the reason that it's such a it's such a great book and and the show is is fun to watch and talk about and think about is just that to me that the topic of religion is endlessly fascinating like i every single person i know in real life who is or isn't religious at least has some opinion on it that is yeah. formed out of their life experience and i think it's always fun and interesting shouldn't say always because sometimes it gets <laughs> sometimes, a little crazy yeah. but you know what i'm saying 20 20 2010 alex is is probably much more of an asshole about it than 2019 alex so it's pre uh pre podcast that's discovery of reddit alex <laughs> uh, when you're automatically subscribed to, to our atheism. atheism which is not the case anymore but and also i i don't subscribe to it on my own thing but anyway <laughs> Um, yeah, and they want to head to Vegas, which is fun. It is funny, and the idea that they just like get in the car and start driving, like they're gonna drive right to Vegas. I don't know; it's just <laughs> right. kind of funny. Non-stop. to Nonstop. Yeah, <laughs> we're in Europe. No big deal. <clears throat> yeah, walking the earth. Uh, okay. Act three. Cassidy's angel friend tries to talk to Cass before. Uh, well, excuse me. Cassidy's angel friend tries to talk Cass into going for Tulip, despite her being a quote-unquote forbidden love. Cassidy mostly rebuffs him, but not before the angel's date shows up. The angel and the woman share a nice dance number set to Queen's Love of My Life, and at the end we see the woman is actually a devil. Jesus and Eugene, or Jesse and Eugene <laughs> break open a car in order to get away from the saint. They take a breather, and Jesse offers a fairly heartfelt apology to Eugene. Eugene mostly accepts it when Jesse kicks at the dash to try and hotwire the car. Jesse fails and sets off the alarm, so they both jump out. So, listeners, this will be a little bit weird. There's a little bit of a break here. We talked about the angel, and there are some potential spoilers for it. So we're going to cut out everything we just said and put it after the outro for this episode. If you are not 
worried about spoilers if you've already read the book i think you can go on and listen to it if you're a little bit more uh worried or gun shy about it i'll just have to say the thing that i know i don't really know that it's going to be a crazy reveal in the show and i'm not even really certain that it's where they're headed with it but uh it might be something cool that you might wish you would have not known so if you would like to hear more about the angel uh please listen on after the end of my outro where i say go forth and speak the good word um but other than that we both like the dance sequence yep with the 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 angel and the demon uh-huh and um what i will say out of the discussion that we just had is that nick had a great point about the fact that the the angel and cassidy share somewhat of a kinship in the idea that they've been they're, they're both kind of outcasts in the society that they currently live in or they both have been kind of at least um you know the angel we know the angel's been thrown out of heaven we know that cassidy sees himself as this outcast and, and kind of lonely on the planet and i think they have a bond over that especially mm-hmm. being in the cell together so i think the show does a good job of putting those two things together um any other thoughts on that that are you know we could touch on in the non-spoilery section of the show uh no I'll come, we'll come back around to the angel a little bit later okay um and then eugene and jesse jesse's apology to eugene um i thought it was a good apology but i also kind of like the th- the thing that they do with this is you get these real genuine moments from Jesse or what seem like genuine moments of like goodness and repentance from Jesse but then he goes to hotwire this car yeah and then shortly we will discuss Jesse knocking out the police to steal the police car um and it feels like some of Eugene's turn here is kind of informed by some of that. I don't know if you got that feeling or not. Like, Jesse delivers these very nice words, but then he kind of sees Jesse's actions. I don't know if he kind of yeah wonders he- whether or not Jesse's really being genuine or sees that, like, this preacher is also fallible. Like, it... it it seems like there's more at play there, especially in just that juxtaposition of Jesse's nice words and then Jesse's bad actions. Right. Um, yeah, I think that that's valid. I, I do really love the apology. I thought it was great. And, and Jesse kind of... Jesse finally reckoning with this moment from season one was kind of great. Yeah. You know? To come back... 30 episodes later and finally have him like process what he did and and realize it and think about the fact that like this kid had his preacher send him to hell like i thought that was awesome and i thought they did a good job of portraying i agree i liked it a lot it felt like a almost more of a catharsis for me as the viewer than Jesse even i was like oh finally he has to deal with this (laughs) yeah he has to look this kid in the eye and tell him I'm sorry I sent you to hell. Yeah. And I think it's a another good stepping stone on the way of Jesse learning from the lessons that he had in the last episode as well, you know? Hmm. Finally putting everything together. I think it's great. 
All right, Act 4, as Tulip and Jesus wait for Cassidy outside of the motel uh, and smoke a joint in her car, Jesus explains his predicament and the cre- uh, and the creation of Humperdew. I don't know if I wrote this very well. Uh, Tulip almost tells him that Humperdew is nothing special, but Jesus has heard from his father that Humperdew is the best. The angel and the devil are loudly having sex above the bar as Cassidy tries to decide whether or not he should exercise his free will and try to help Jesse. He tries to illustrate his point with Star Wars, but Kamal has never seen it. Tulip and Jesus drive off, but as Jesus envisions robbing a bank with Tulip, he realizes this life of the, realizes this life wasn't meant for him, so he has her turn around. The angel and demon come downstairs, and the angel talks to Cassidy. The angel didn't expect Cassidy to stick around, so he pulls out his sword and throws it at the demon, but the demon reinvigorates and comes back after him. Uh, so we talked a little bit about the, the, the conversation in the car. The, um, interesting thing to me was this, like, Jesus really relates the idea of, he has this great mistake in his life, which was having this child. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I think he kind of sees that as his one failure that he did. Like that was. And I guess that's maybe the way they portray it in the show, because I think he goes to get executed that same night, or at least he gets taken by Pontius Pilate, or however that all went down. What's your impression of who exactly Humperdue is? (laughs) I mean, in in what is Humperdue? To me, Humperdue is this like really. I don't see Humperdue as Jesus's child. I see him as this like long lineage of yes, of okay. inbreeding. Like okay. that's that's what he's always seemed like to me. Okay, good. Um, that's that's what he is in the books, and I was concerned because does doesn't Jesus refer to him as his son? Doesn't yes, he refer to Humperdue as his son. That's what he says, and so, so like so Jesus, someone's someone is mistaken here someone is being lied to or telling i jesus might actually think that humperdu is his direct son in the same way that god thinks humperdu is fine it makes me wonder who actually knows who knows what humperdu is does god does even god know? even know Whoa. i'm not sure what the fuck what? <laughs> This is an episode of what the fuck <laughs> because when That's jesus great. when jesus said that i kind of i was like Oh wait, what? I didn't think about that at all. Because Tulip like, is about to tell him too, like that God is an asshole. Or she does tell him, like she tells him. She well, eventually she tells him God is an asshole. But right here, she's about to say Humperdew is like you yeah. know, like yeah, not what you think. It, she is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because part of me was thinking it was this weird malicious act from God to like spite Jesus, right? Of like he loves Humperdue more than me kind of thing. Mm. And that could be, that could very well be that the case. That could still potentially be the case, but yes. you are, I think you, you, you might raise an interesting point of like, I, th- and I, if I remember correctly, I don't think God really cares about Humperdue in the book because Humperdue is just like a, a symbol. Basically it doesn't yeah. really matter. Yeah. He's not going to wield any power effectively. He's just kind of there. Yeah. And the real power will be whoever is behind Humperdue and Star or if Star gets his way. Uh, well, ultimately, he wants to replace Humperdue with Jesse. Yeah. But whatever. 
Uh, no, I think that's really interesting. <laughs> like that, because uh, we had the questions of like how how omniscient is God and mm-hmm. Jesus in this world. We are seeing right now that Jesus is not omniscient. Yeah, there's he's no way a figurehead also. Yeah, there's no way that he has seen the humperdoo that we've seen and thinks that. Who who knows? Who knows that dynamic? Right. So. That's really interesting. You blew my mind a little bit. Oh, good. And, and I, I'm kind of like, I don't, uh, yeah, that's that's good. Okay. That's good. I'm curious what other people think of that, too, because I feel like there could be another reading that we don't necessarily yeah, see, too. Very likely is. Yeah. Um, we do get a lot about free will this episode. I think this is the second time that it's brought up with Cassidy kind of. Yep. Ruminating on whether or not he should be going to save Jesse. Like Han Solo. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that conversation. That was really good. It was very good. He was like, you know, what I'm talking I did. About. I did quote that. out. He said, uh, that's free will. Free will says I can change. Free will says I don't have to be the selfish arsehole that no one believes in. I get to decide whether I want to be the hero here or not. Just like Han Solo, you know, Luke's my friend and he's in trouble. And I don't have to give a shit about the chest full of rebel gold. I'm I'm gonna turn around and I'm gonna help blow up the Death Star. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. I love when he's like, you know what I'm talking about. And the guy's like, no. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> says moving pictures are an affront to Allah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Um Yeah, I'm I'm starting to get more on board with Cassidy being this way as long as he follows through on it. I think. Okay. But still got five episodes. We'll get there. Maybe. <laughs> yes. Five more episodes. <laughs> uh, Jesus robbing a bank. That vision. Uh, I thought was, was fun. Uh, and, and Jesus kind of like getting the jitters in, during a, hi- a bank heist. Yeah. And Jesus <laughs> just walking around with a shotgun. Yeah. And he doesn't, he's not wearing any no different, different Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, everybody knows it's Jesus. That's Jesus. Yeah. Cause the guy on the floor is like, Jesus, I have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Very good. Um, and then we've got the fight scene between the, the start of the fight scene between the demon and, and the angel. Um, yes. So, this whole dynamic is really interesting. Yeah. And I'm based on the spoilery type things that we talked about that if people keep listening can hear at the end of the episode. Uh rolled in with kind of what what the angel means in the book and how he is characterized. Uh I don't know what the th- what is the thesis here? So you don't, you still, you still don't think even with this like new presentation of the angel outside of the cell, uh, we're still not like fully on track with the angel of the books. Well, no, not even that so much. I mean, yes and no, it's, it's dovetailing closer to it than I thought it would, but at the same time it's not because I'm wondering what is the, what is the point of him talking to Cassidy about this forbidden love and all that? And saying he loves her and then just proceeding to try to kill her and getting into a fight from which it seems like there will be no end. Yeah, exactly. How how does either one of them get the upper hand in the situation? Well, yeah, and not only that, like that it kind of brings up the question of why bother, but yeah. uh 
what does it mean? Like what, what did, did you get anything out of it in terms of like, is, is the overall message that you have to do? I think this does run hand in hand with Jesus too, with Jesus abandoning the, the fun, the fun trip and instead going to the conference. Uh, is this is part of the, the theme of this whole episode and, and maybe going to become the overall bigger theme of the show, just that you, you have to fulfill your, your intention or your purpose, or your duty. Even if you try to deviate from your true nature, do you find your way back? Yes, and even if you want to deviate, do you inevitably have to choose what you were supposed to, what you were meant to be doing? I think, yeah. I just feel like there's more, the the show is asking a bigger question other than just being like, hey, you want to see an angel and a demon fight for a while? Yeah, and I think you're right. We see Jesse turn around to go back for Eugene. We it, see we see Tulip come back after some prodding from Jesus, who also goes back. And Cassidy also making a choice to That might be why I liked I was left this episode with a really good vibe off of it because it does feel more cinematic it feels like a movie watching all these different characters have to make essentially the same decision it feels like it feels thematically in sync like everything is kind of on the same frequency even though everybody's apart we're still experiencing similar feelings and similar like we're seeing the same logic applied in a lot of different situations right Mm -hmm. and and i think yeah i can totally get behind that and I wouldn't, I honestly, if there's anything throughout my now seven years of podcasting that I hate about myself, it's that I feel like I am horrible at finding the connective tissue thematically in literally everything. I think I, there I are, I think there are moments of divine intervention, so to speak, where like it gets through to me and I can see it all. Mm-hmm. but i i also really envy you know who's great at it i think you're great at it i think i think willie's great at it. i tim. think tim is a genius at it yep and and it's it's an incredible skill that tim, i wish i really had tim and lance are the two people i know best lance is, yeah that can cut also through true. to the heart of what a story is about faster and more effectively than anybody else yeah no like that's the kind of thing where it's like i watch fight club 30 years later and i'm like oh i get it <laughs> so like it, it, it's 30 years I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that i'm glad that you that you found that connected tissue and, and presented it to me as well because i think when when a show does that right a lot of times it goes unseen by most people who are watching it but they feel good about it right and, and honestly that's the ultimate is when it's being it's being done so well it's not calling attention to itself yep and I and I uh, this episode I think does a great job. And some, of that. Sometimes when it calls attention to itself, it's fine. Yes. Like, and like I'm just looking at this Tron Legacy poster, and thinking <laughs> about the multiple times yeah. where characters directly grab you by the ear and say, "This is the point." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But sometimes that's fine. It, yes. and it works in like a, in like a big piece like that. But um, for something like Preacher, where we're in the fourth season of a show that. Really, the only people who must care about it, I think, are people that have to have read the comic and and have not been bucked by the adaptation. Mm-hmm. It feels like this is the time where that type of masterful weaving of these things together 
well, really it, shines. It really called attention to itself because the angel's behavior runs so contrary to the book. Mm. Like I said, slash will say, and this is not one of the spoilers, but he's very kind of cowardly in the book and very like kind of pathetic. Mm. And that's the way pretty much all the angels are presented in the book is that even though they are supposed to be these incredibly divine heavenly beings, they're often just as pathetic as humans, mm. which again, even furthers the, the whole main story thrust of preacher of just like, who are these guys and who put them in charge? <laughs> yeah. And why, why do they think that they get off? Why light? are they above us? Exactly. Yeah. And, I just found it interesting because I, I, you could kind of see something's going to happen when he walks to Cassidy. He's kind of like, why are you still here? There's like this vibe of like something's, something weird's about to go down. But it's not what I thought. And when he started fighting the demon, I was like, huh. And that's yeah. when I started to ask the question of just like, well, what is this saying about him if all he wants to do is just bang his, his, his demon love? And even Cassidy's like, I thought you loved her. And he's like, oh, I do. He does love her but he's committed to destroying her anyway. He's, but she's a demon. It's kind of the, the funny line. And I was like, hmm. Well, and I guess in the end, like, I don't know. Does he think that at some point, if he's able to vanquish this demon, does it redeem him? Well, or the, the so we're talking about all these, all these, is it maybe raising the question of, you know, doing the right thing? Yeah. Right? But like, is Jesse going back for Eugene the right thing? Is Tulip going back to help? rescue jesse the right thing is Cass not pursuing tulip romantically the right thing is jesus going to the conference the right thing uh but maybe the and and but then the angel trying to kill the demon is that the right thing but or is the is the message that you ultimately will default to your true self mm. no matter what in this case it happens to be the angel wanting to kill the demon because he's an angel is it jesse going back for eugene because he feels bad for what he did. Is it Tulip going to rescue Jesse because she loves him and is as angry as she is at him and doesn't want to, she's going to have to help him. Is Jesus's role to bring about the apocalypse and what the hell is Cass going to do then? Because we just don't know. We know he's going, but there's not a clear path in sight for him yet still in terms of what he does with Tulip. Other than the glimpse Jesse, forward that we kind of, which may, I'm not even sure it was real anymore. Mm. I don't know. But yeah, if that is true, then he ended up defaulting to his true nature, which is to do the wrong thing, basically. <laughs> to not be the hero, to not be Han Solo. I don't know. That's why I asked, what does it mean <laughs> to you? Eh. And I think it was a great way yeah. to end the mid-season, essentially. To, yeah. to now halfway through the season... It really left me thinking for a while about like what did that all mean? What what is the question it's asking, and how am I as the viewer going to choose to answer it? It's very good. No, I I, I yeah that I guess yeah in, in what you're saying with all of those stories, like is there something even deeper of like does everybody have? that question about them like Cassidy of like, are they returning to their true nature and what is that true nature? Mm -hmm. We see so much of Jesse in the beginning of the series, wanting to be a preacher and wanting to be a good preacher. Yes. And thinking yeah. that the word is going to make him the best preacher. Right. Uh, and so him going back to get Eugene is, is it as you said, because he feels bad about Eugene, but does it really like in the end, is he still serving himself somehow? Right. Just trying to make himself feel better. Yeah. 
Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Very good. A plus. Oh, thanks. That's <laughs> just I'm just a guy asking a question. <laughs> guy with a microphone. I think it's a good question. Um, I just really appreciated a lot of things this episode did. No, that that's was probably the biggest one. And I did. I would not have thought if you had told me, yeah, that angel's going to end up fighting a demon and they're going to just keep on reinvigorating over and over and over into a set piece. <laughs> You're yeah. going to love it. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> you must not know me. <laughs> no, no, but no, it was good. Uh, all right, let's go on to Act 5. Jesse knocks out some cops to steal their cop car to get away from the saint. Eugene seems reluctant to join, but he grabs something off of the cop and gets in the back of the car. Jesse notices Eugene is awful quiet, and Eugene reveals that Jesse's apology didn't make him feel any better, so he shoots Jesse, and the car comes to a stop in the middle of the road. Jesus tells Tulip he's sorry about Vegas, but she understands. She makes sure that he knows that his father, God, is an asshole. She also remarks that just because Jesus is doing the right thing doesn't mean she has to, but Jesus turns it around on her and almost makes her believe in doing the right thing again. Cassidy walks past the chaos in the bar with his red sunglasses and scarf to head outside and find Tulip waiting for him. They hop in the car and head to Australia together. Jesus returns to the conference to find Star and Hitler quite close to each other as they waited. They begin the conference. Finally, Jesse gets out of the car, but Eugene is right behind him, explaining that a bullet to the head should be an apology about being sent to hell. Eugene rolls Jesse over to reveal the saint standing over him. Um, I didn't really love the Eugene stuff that much this episode, and I feel like this turn doesn't make sense to me right now. I would agree. Uh, like it felt like we were getting there, and I think if we were going to get there, if we picked up the season and Eugene was pissed at Jesse, great. But that's not where we started, and it's not it, where we started this episode. No, and it, and it <laughs> feels weird and not well considered it's the least well considered thing in the episode of of things that were considered quite well as we've just kind of gotten through but any any thoughts on it like no it it feels a little too early for me to even really speculate on or, or bother digging into it's such a it's such a like cliffhangery thing that i'm yeah kind of like it's not we'll even talk a, about it next episode yeah, exactly and then, and i guess that's the thing is like i feel like we will come to a head on why does the saint care about jesse very early next episode, I hope. So we'll see. Yes, we're heading for a for a, a showdown. Yep. in these three. Um. Yeah, Jesus and Tulip, great as always, as we said. Yeah, they're really fantastic together. It's kind of kind of sad that they might be done for the season. Who knows? Yeah, but. I liked. At the same time, I kind of like it that it's almost this weird, yeah. self-contained little story that they have. Uh. And I do like the way Jesus turned it around on her and was like, that's true. Like, you can you can do whatever you want. We come back to the free will thing. Yes. Yeah. And again, there's a little inkling of that. I think that Jesus being like, he has a little bit of that, I think, almost irritation that I think the angels should have with like humans. Yeah. Like, you, you can't. You can do whatever you want. Like, the way Jesus kind of says it is almost like sarcastically. Like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. And like, God's going to be okay with it is kind of the subtext yeah. that I was kind of bringing to the, to it as well but it might just be me no projecting. i think i think i think that's there too i think that's pretty good um <coughs> cassidy's red sunglasses mm-hmm. 
I thought was pretty good. I didn't actually notice it the first time I watched, but when I watched again and mm. I saw that they were red when he walked out the door, yeah. I was like, nice. Good good little touch. Yeah. Um, that whole sequence of him walking out was cool. Yeah. It was yeah. another one that I was like, okay, this is neat. Mm-hmm. Some slow motion, several... Feathers flying everywhere. <laughs> similar dead bodies all yeah. over the place in different positions and things. Yeah, absolutely. And the final shot of the angel, like leaping up to like hit her in the background was really cool i was like oh, that's neat yep yeah it's cool we're making movies again <laughs> um the conference with star and hitler and jesus <laughs> i love the name plates yes that's very funny <laughs> yeah it's the, very grail yes <laughs> the bureaucracy of the grail shines through again mm-hmm. um Jesus not wanting to shake Hitler's hand yeah, I'm and glad that giving they did him a that. hug. Pretty good. Yeah. But the interesting thing to me was the fact that like Star is like sitting right next to Hitler and it's kinda like it it feels like when Jesus walks in that room you know where the the allegiances yes. lie. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's interesting. Yeah. I'm still really curious what what this apocalypse plan even is and mm-hmm. why people care about it and, and what it means for heaven and what it means for hell. Like we know what it means and it's an influx of people to both of these places probably. Sure. Right. But in the grand scheme of thing, why things, why is anybody, why is it a topic of discussion now and not, you know, <laughs> because of when the show is, is airing. <laughs> yeah. It's oddly, oddly well timed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then the sh- the episode ends with with Eugene and the Saint. So, yeah, I mean we're left we're left with a lot of hanging threads at the end of this episode. Yeah, stuff that I think we'll pick up in the next episode. Yeah, real quick, quick. I wanted to go over some of Joseph's thoughts in the Discord. He said the good. I really like the apology scene with Eugene and Jesse. I was very interested in who Jesus is as a character and what is going on with him. Cassidy's discussion of free will and Han Solo was nice. And it was also kind of cool to see Jesus and Hitler, the best person in history and the worst, facing off. Agree on all those points. I I thought those are all good as well. Uh, The bad. He says, the bit with the angel and his lover felt like it could have been a lot more interesting. Maybe, Joseph, after some of the thoughts that, that Nick dispensed, maybe you might find differently with that. Please let us know. Uh, He also said in the bad i'm at the point where i resent any time the plot intrudes eugene shooting jesse the apocalypse 2020 plan whether jesus planted or grabbed something in the hug that's all very that's all much less interesting to me than the character moments uh i thought that was really interesting like the idea that the plot is intruding I wonder how much of Joseph's feeling on that is brought on by listening to us because that's very much how I feel about the like I know we're headed towards <laughs> we're headed towards the end I guess everybody knows we're headed towards the end but like this detour of like okay we know Jesse ultimately at some point falls out of a plane yeah. so or does he is, he's not going to die from this gunshot right you know I don't know I, I would agree with that assessment I can understand being frustrated yeah i i think that that's how i felt for a a lot of well the show really but also this season but i did like this one a lot more i don't know yeah he also had some random notes he said it seems like a major goal of tulips is just to have someone to hang out with she and jesus also have uh, just crazy chemistry 
Absolutely. Agreed on both points. I like to think we'd all have chemistry with Jesus. True. Jesus has the ultimate chemistry, really. Uh, is, and there, is there a chemist term for some sort of chemical that reacts to everything? Uh, well, I mean, it, eh, it's like a free radical, you know? Free Something having free electrons is, uh, is always it, very reactive. I can get really nerdy here. No, I was gonna say I have the that right whole to, first uh, column of 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 metals on, on the on the uh, on the periodic table are all extremely reactive with water. So if you throw anything from lithium, potassium, sodium, uh, all the way down to like cesium and rubidium into water, it explodes. Like explodes, explodes. So Jesus is like a uh, what, God. What's the name of that group? It'd be an alkali metal, I think. <laughs> Alex looks so pleased right now. <laughs> he loves this. Yes, an alkali metal. Jesus is an alkali metal. Excellent. Yes. Um, and we are all water. So our bodies are what? What percent? Eighty. Eighty percent water. 80% water? I don't know if that's actually true. Jesus anymore. would react with all of us. That's probably made by the Water Council <laughs> the <laughs> in the nineteen fifties to get more people to drink water. Big water out there. Now, these days, people say, well, I already have 80%, so I don't need more water. (laughs) Big water. (laughs) The the conglomerates over (laughs) big water. (laughs) Uh, Joseph had one other point. He said, in hindsight, the show never really convinced me that hell was much worse for Eugene than Anvil, so I don't really get an emotional support for how mad he uh, he apparently is. That's a great point, too, actually. Fantastic point. Absolutely. Uh, a few more things from Bruce. He said, I mostly like the episode. Once again, it's better than one through three, but still not great. Uh, curious about that. He says, I think Jesse, the saint and our space stuff started out very well, but it kind of went off the rails for the sake of a cliffhanger. And maybe it was just to get a shot of a gun toting our space. All of the comics in before the end, they sh- in before they end the show. Uh, sure. Yeah. Tulip Cassidy and Jesus plus special angel and demon guest stars fared much better, even if it was just a lot of character moments and no real plot progression. That was okay. It was just fun to see these three interact and talk. Ritter is actually a fairly decent actor, too. He is, yeah. Uh, The Grail stuff here was just eh, even if Star viciously beating Hitler with a racket was hilarious. And was it just me, or did they blatantly reuse footage from the season premiere when Flufferman jumped out the window? There it is. They did. Uh, <laughs> overall, I'm curious about the apocalypse plan, but I feel like we should have we could have gotten to it a bit faster. And then he says, as a side note, one thing I like about the season compared to the last two is that Hitler actually feels relevant and like he has something resembling a point. Granted, it's not much, but it's something. Nick also let it agrees. be known. I read none of this feedback. <laughs> we're just all in this together. Yeah, we're we're simpatico. It's all we're all here. So yeah, no, I um. I don't know. When you texted me that you liked this episode, I, I think I responded to you that I was like, I think I did, you too. Think you did too. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I I think a lot of it was, as I told you, the idea that like thematically I could feel like it was there, but I didn't necessarily see the pieces all in front of me. Hmm. So, no, it feels good. Yeah. It feels better than I, I feel uh, – more satisfied with the show and more satisfied with our show after this episode than any of the ones before this. You I know? agree. Not that we've been doing a bad job necessarily, but in some ways garbage in garbage out with this kind of show, I think <laughs> and so, like a little bit at least. 
So, well, you know. <laughs> no, but it, it's we've come a long way from falling down the the side of the Grand Canyon like Homer Simpson in the yeah. first episode of this season. So, yeah, it feels like a lot longer ago than it was too. Yeah, the last few weeks have been really busy. They have. They certainly it have. It feels like this. We're like on episode ten or something. Yeah. But it also feels weird that we're halfway through the season. I know, too. yeah. Like so. uh, when I pulled up the episode on on the the app, I was like, "Oh man, this yeah. is it halfway." Yep. So five more to go. The middle of the end. Yes. No longer the beginning of the end. No. All right. Once again, you can find more episodes of our podcast on g2tpodcast.com. We're also on TV Time, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. We're G2T Podcast on Twitter, and you can email us at g2tpodcast at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our podcast and share your thoughts on AMC's Preachers so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Preacher or our podcast. The Midwest Podcast Network has other shows about video games, horror movies, FX's The Alienist, and HBO's Westworld. Find out more about these shows as well as how to support the network at midwestpodcastnetwork.com. Our theme music is the song All In by The Red Thread, and it is being used under a non-commercial Creative Commons license. Don't forget to stick around after this line here if you want to hear a little bit more about some thoughts on The Angel this episode. Uh, But that's all for this episode of Gone to Texas. We can't wait to see what next week's episode of Preacher brings. But until then, go forth and speak the good word. Um, all right. This is hard for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what we've said in the past. A and, lot. uh, I know that I have seen some things and I don't know if they are based off of comic book knowledge, but the nature of the relationship between this angel and this devil, mm-hmm. um, looks like it's been something that is maybe linked to the generation of genesis i don't know if i want to cut this out or not (laughs) like so i've seen some things online of people maybe discussing that or thinking about it and i don't know if they know it from and i feel as though we have talked in previous episodes about the fact that genesis is born of an angel and a devil i'm almost 100 percent sure we have actually I think that sounds right. And to finally connect the dots, uh, so to speak, I don't necessarily know what the best way of talking, if we should talk around this at all. Well, really is the, there's only five episodes of this show left. <laughs> For those of you that didn't know. <laughs> So we have to be getting some somewhere along I, these lines. I don't I don't know if that's what the show is gonna do, but it does seem like it. Yeah. There's enough on the screen for you to I think infer that on your own. You do we know that the angel was cast out of heaven. He yes. does say that. He talks yep. about forbidden love and he says it'll get you it got me cast out of heaven. He says something else too about uh he says like two or three things all kind of in the same thought that are bad as a result of his forbidden love for this demon. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have that written. Uh, so you know that. And I think when he and Jesus 
see share, each other. They share that glance. They know, and I think the angel turns away because he's ashamed. Mm. And I think Jesus doesn't pursue it because he knows, like, I'm not supposed to talk to that guy kind of thing. <clears throat> and Interesting. The angel has retained his abilities, though. He's still... He has his wings. He right? still has his wings. And he still has his sword. He can pull out of nowhere. He reinvigorates. He reinvigorates. So he still is an angel. He just isn't allowed to be in heaven. Yeah. So. And I should note that the um, Featherstone calls him a political prisoner. Yes. In, in when she's talking to Star. So it's like they were they given this angel from heaven for a reason. Did they take him? When they found him, who knows? I think it, it, because thanks to the opening crawl, we know that they're not done with Masada. Yeah. So I think they will be back. And I had imagined that the angel was going to come back into play. The way we leave this episode, it makes it seem like they might be walking away from him and that's it. I, I honestly thought that they were not going to do this with the angel. And the fact that as soon as he said he had that date, I was like, (laughs) what? And then when she showed up, I was like, what? <laughs> and I, I was like, "Oh my god, they're they're going for it." We so in the in the book, the angel is the prisoner in the cell. The angel was cast out of heaven, but his characterization is very different. And he did have an affair with a demon, which okay. is why he was cast out of heaven. Uh, but he is not like cool with it, and he's not like he doesn't have such a sort of cavalier attitude about it all and about life he's not ready to just go do shots and and whatever and just like have he's, fun it's so so in the con in the in the book he's he's ashamed of the fact that he's done these things or he's like he's so the one of my favorite things about preacher and i know that that sentence is incredibly <laughs> open-ended the, it really does a good job of of uh showing these all of these heavenly and hell hellily <laughs> all these heaven and hell People, entities, bodies, whatever you want to call them, it, it makes them extremely fallible. Mm. And the angels are particularly interesting because they are all just as tempted by everything on earth as humans are, if not more so, because they're not allowed to do it. Yeah. Because they're... They meant w- to be above it all. Yes, they're yeah. meant to be above it all, but th- they're also very jealous of humans. And they're, that comes across in the books that they're like... I don't remember which angel character it is. It might be Fiora de Blanc, but one of them gets pissed at one of the humans and is like, we don't like you guys. Like God made you in his image and he loves you. You're his beloved creation. No matter what we do, no matter how good we are, no matter how good of a job we do defending heaven, it's never good enough. And we, whatever sins we commit will not be forgiven mm-hmm. because we're supposed to be better than that. And they're like kind of pissed and it's, it's really good. It's really yeah. compelling because then they're like, you humans have it made. You could do whatever the hell you want. And if you repent, if you feel bad enough about it and you tell God you're sorry, he's going to forgive you because you're his children. And the angels are like, that's a raw deal for us <laughs> kind of thing. It's really, really, really good. And so this angel, I don't really want to talk too much more about it because I don't want to spoil anything, but the characterization is just very different. Either this angel has just made peace with the fact that he's damned sort of yeah. he's been cast out of heaven he's lost it all because at the same time as as tempted as the angels are by everything on earth and as much fun as they're having on earth like Fior and de Blanc are very different in the book and they're just kind of doing everything and they're they're digging it yeah 
th- they still all miss heaven at the same time because heaven heaven's paradise and yeah. everything's perfect and they're like they they realize that the high they have the inverse of like what i think humans think of what their life is for people they're young i think have uh, a lot of times this is obviously isn't the rule do a lot of bad stuff make their mistakes and do whatever they do and then as you get older you start to feel you you have more perspective and you start to maybe start to repent a little bit for maybe and you focus on like you know maybe what's next and the angels are kind of the opposite yeah they get tempted by that stuff and then they it's it is kind of like humans though where like the high wears off the fun wears off and they realize like oh i'm ashamed i feel shame for what i did and they miss being in heaven because they never felt that way before yeah and so the i think the angel in the show might have just like i said more made his peace with that and he's like you know what i i did the things that i did and they got me cast out and i feel regret he's kind of like Cass almost in a way where he like is not yet ready to actually change yeah he like knows he's done bad things but he's not quite there yet and Cass in the show is now at that point i think where he's like i want to try to do the good thing the right thing for once and this angel's kind of in this weird midground He's, he's almost like the heaven version of Cass. Like they have kind of a strange, similar frequency. A similar kinship yeah. to the their station in life, I guess, right? Or at least what they've done. And Yes, they have, they're kind of on the same wavelength. And I have all, just a little bit more to say about the angel and the demon later with some of the stuff that happens. But the, uh, the dance was an interesting little sequence yeah what did you think about the involvement of queen i know you're you're a big fan of queen it was cool yeah i, th- I thought i was like well, how do they afford queen and i realized <laughs> yeah. oh because they picked that song <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say i don't know that i've ever actually heard that song <laughs> but that's the cool thing about queen they have so much material that most people don't know i mean yeah. obviously their greatest hits albums are just like st- ridiculously stacked yeah but they have a lot that's from a night at the opera i think and that's okay. a really cool album uh, but yeah anyway there, uh, it was cool. It's cool sequence. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I'm sorry if anybody feels as though that, like, putting me putting that together. Like, I hope nobody feels spoiled by that. I don't know. Now I'm kind of torn. I think there's probably a way that that I could edit this where it just kind of is a conversation about the angel. Why don't you take this whole chunk and put it at the end, and All we right. can say something like, if you there are potential spoilers and that's a good idea listen on if you want that's a good idea all right 